Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What Women Want Today podcast. I'm your host, Terry Kellums. I'm so excited to be with you guys this week. I've got a very interesting guest on the podcast with me. Her name is Corinne Bollard. Did I pronounce that right, Corinne? Bowler. It's pretty Bowler. close. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about no that. No worries. Corinne is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. I've been looking forward to having you on. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So Corinne, why don't we start out by you just giving us a little bit of your background, sharing anything you'd like my audience to know about you? Yeah, for sure. Hey, I'm Corinne and I'm, like she said, a marriage and family therapist. I specialize in doing couples counseling and particularly I specialize in working with couples on the brink of divorce. Um, I do a particular kind of therapy called discernment counseling, Ugh, discernment counseling, which is helping a couple decide what to do with their relationship. So mm. when people are like stuck um, or they're considering divorce and they're not sure which way to go, um, there's a particular type of short-term counseling that we do that helps people decide what to do. Um, and then uh, I have another niche that I really work in because of the work that I do with couples on the brink. I have also found that a lot of the stuff that I end up doing is working with men on their emotional intelligence Mm. to help them repair relationships. So that's not only repairing their relationship with maybe their wife, um, if that ends up happening, but also their relationship with themselves and their relationships with others. So uh, parents and coworkers and things like that. It's just really helping them learn how to be more emotional and be more relational. I, I find that super interesting that you work with the men on the emotional intelligence. Um, two, two thoughts came to mind while you were talking. Mm-hmm. So one, um, I had a conversation with a gentleman, oh gosh, maybe a year ago. Uh, he does dating coaching and he works with a lot of men. And he said that the men don't typically do as much work on themselves as he noticed the women do, like as far as like personal growth. Um, And he also said that women usually figure it out first that they want to end the relationship. So what do you have to say about those two things? Yeah, that's Yeah, he's, he's right. He's right. The research shows that. And also anecdotally, uh, that's what we find too. We sort of have a saying as marriage therapists that like, women will end the relationship for their happiness and men will end a relationship if they have someone else. (gasps) That's generally what we find. Yeah. It's very rare to meet um, a couple where he's saying I'm leaving because I'm unhappy. It's, it's a very rare thing. Wow. So I have been full disclosure. I've been divorced twice. I'm on my third marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember very distinctly and I hope my youngest daughter is not listening. I don't think any of my kids listen to my podcast. I think I'm (laughs) safe, but, (laughs) but, um, I remember my youngest daughter's father, I was sitting in a Starbucks with a friend 2009. And I told her then I thought I was going to get a divorce. I didn't think it was going to work out. I didn't have the guts to end it until 2011. So two years I lived like that thinking, and I, I can't say that I didn't try to make it work. But every time something went south, I would go up, oh, there's just another reason why, you know, in my mind, I was building a case. I was building yeah, a case well, for a divorce. And yes, um, you were. 
Yeah. And I, I saw that you said, um, where was it? If two people love each other, nothing is impossible except deciding where to eat. So I want uh, the eating part is a whole different story, but I, I want to, I want to know your thoughts on that a little bit, because it's not, I don't think it wasn't that I didn't, um, have fond feelings for him. Um, but I lost respect for him. I lost a lot of respect for him. And that ultimately was the end of things for me. Well, I think, um, there's, there's so many things I want to touch on, on all of that. It's like, uh, Terry, I love you, but you're actually extremely normal. Um, when we look at the research of when people decide to end the relationship, they have decided to do that on average, it's two to seven years. Actually. Oh my gosh. So wow. you're, you're not slow. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Falling in that normal category as, as everybody else. The, the most interesting thing that I find with that, um, with that statistic, I guess, if you want to call it that, is that um, the other partner is always two to seven years behind the leaving partner, right? Uh-huh. So it's like you have you've already processed that, mm-hmm. right? By the time you got to 2011, and you were like, you know what? Yep, I am. I'm. I know that this is right for me, and this is what I'm going to do. Um, you have already probably grieved a lot of that relationship at that point. And he was probably, I'll tell you exactly what he said, because this is what every single man says every time they contact me when they're like, Corinne, we need help. Um, She told me she wants a divorce. They always say the exact same line. And they always say, I'm blindsided by this information. Yeah. 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 I think you're right on track with that. Um, he thought I was just going through a mood or, you know, yeah. I would change my mind or, you know, we could work on it. And I, I was too far into the decision-making process at that point. Exactly. I already knew. You would, you had already been telling him, I'm sure, because just the same thing I hear from every single couple that I talk to is like, I have been telling him over and over, this thing doesn't work and this thing doesn't work and that thing. And um, and then nothing, nothing happens. No, cha- no real lasting change comes from it. Um, and, and I have a theory on that. And what I, I mean, I don't have any evidence to back it up. It's just my own little thing of like what I've been noticing and what I, what I think ends up happening is I think that we have a culture that tells men and tells women too, tells both people that like a woman is supposed to be unhappy in her marriage. It, it, that just is. And in the, the way that we see it play out in all of these different areas is like, you know, think of TV shows that you've seen or movies that you see. It's like, it's always, you know, like the funny guy and then the wife who's slightly frustrated, slightly unhappy, slightly. Mm. And, the, and that's part of the shtick, right? It's like, yeah. oh, there she goes again, nagging mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Oh, there she goes again. Nothing's ever good enough, you know? And so I think we absorb these messages as um, in the relationship and it, it becomes like, oh, well, you know, it's part of that saying too, marriage is hard. Oh, it's just hard, right? And so then you don't really need to take it any concerns that seriously if it's just hard. Mm. And so, and, and it affects both people, right? It affects the person who's unhappy and who's been saying, hey, this isn't working. We need to do something about it. And then they feel very dismissed by their partner. Mm-hmm. And then it also affects the other partner who who literally does feel blindsided. I believe them when they say that. I believe them when they say, 
I did not see this coming. I never thought that this would happen. And they're like, and they kind of are in this state of shock where they're just like, what, like, how did this occur? And I, and I think it's because of that. I think it's because they were like, oh, you know, that's normal. She's supposed to be annoyed with me. She's supposed to be frustrated. She's supposed to be slightly unhappy. And then we don't do anything about it. We don't get help. We don't learn how to do relationships. And that's what I believe is you have to learn how to do relationships. Most of us weren't taught how to do them. We yeah. just see what we just see what we saw and then yeah. we go out there and we try our best. I saw that you said that on your Instagram um, account that, you know, we weren't taught. And I, I always uh, have said, you know, children don't come with an instruction manual, right? It's like you have that first child and you think, oh, okay, I finally got this all figured out. I'm ready for number two. And number yeah. two comes and they're totally different than number one. And yeah. <laughs> I have four very unique children and um, none of them came with an instruction manual. But you said that, um, no one teaches us how to do relationships. I loved that. And then there was a woman that responded and she said, um, because you talked about the woman, do you you remember this post that you put on there? You talked about the woman who taught her children, um, her young boys, like to put them through like, (laughs) yes, she put them through like husband school, right? Is that what it was called? All I saw was, I was like, one or two TikTok videos of this guy talking about that yeah and he was like he mentioned yeah his mom had put him through he's an adult man I think he was in his like 30s I haven't gone back to like try to find him again but yeah he talked about um his mom had put him through husband school and I'm assuming that this mom was angry about what was happening in her relationship because the the as the story goes on he says like she I think it was from like the time the boys were entering puberty um up until they went off to college she had all of these like she was probably creating lessons as they were coming up in her relationship and putting them through it and he was talking about how to emotionally validate women and how to uh, be a good listener and how to, um, you know, take concerns seriously and how to uh, help be protective um, without being patronizing or infantilized, you know, all these mm-hmm. great things. Don't you want to meet the mom? I want to meet the mom. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Cause I know, you know, I think about, you know, my marriages and I think about some of the garbage that I brought with me from watching my own parents be married, you know, and, and most of it was garbage to be honest with you, but uh, um, some of it is like, almost like expectations too. Like, and this is a silly one, but it's just the first one that pops in my head. Like to me, my husband, since I'm usually the first one headed off into the bedroom to do the 5 million things women always do before we actually go to bed, you know, and he, and, and I feel like, well, it's his job to lock the doors, turn off all the lights, make sure that the home is like secured for the night. And yet I'll wake up the next morning and I'll go out into the living room, TV still on lights are still on. I'm like, is that not your job to do that? (laughs) You know, I think we come into, um, um, into a marriage, even if it's your first one and you think, well, my dad always did that. And my mom always did that. How come you're not doing that? And so how often do you see that playing a role in the dissatisfaction of a marriage between two people? Because it could easily be the man saying, well, my mom always made meatloaf on Tuesday. How come you don't make meatloaf on Tuesday? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. And I think I think the most interesting thing about that is that it's not 
conscious in the beginning, right? It's like subconscious. Like we have all of these beliefs Mm -hmm. that we carry into relationships and we don't even know that they're there because in the beginning of your relationship, you guys start out very equal on, on most things. And, you know, and that's what people usually talk about. They're like, what happened? And it's like, well, you were still carrying those things. You just didn't realize it until you started, you know, getting, I guess, dissatisfied, if that's what you want to say about mm-hmm. it and going like, what, what's going on here? And so learning how to have these conversations, learning how to create space to look at that and really get it out there, which takes a ton of introspection, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, if you're not doing the introspection, if you're not sitting there saying, what did I bring into this relationship? What are my unconscious beliefs about what marriage is, what this is supposed to look like, what each person's roles are supposed to be, then you're not able to talk about it. You're just, you just point fingers, what you're doing this, you're not doing that. Um, so I think that that's the first step that people need to learn how to do is like, slow down and say, like, what's bothering me and why, how do I feel about it? And then working together to create a space to have those conversations. So I think I saw that you said, um, that you help people fix their shitty communication. <laughs> so is, <laughs> is that kind of part of what you were just talking about? You, you have to learn. <clears throat> I did a podcast a few weeks ago where I talked about, I talked about like a dance, you know, like a couple does a dance and then something new enters in and all of a sudden you're not dancing the same steps anymore. And so it's, it's communication, the way you approach that with couples, is that like teaching them a new language or a new step in a dance? Like, you know, how, yeah. how, yeah. How do we take what we've been doing, what works for us, maybe with our friends or with our employment and at home, but it's, it's gotta be so much different. I mean, I don't know if it is. I don't, I think it's the same. You know, I think that we're not really taught how to do communication. Well, the best thing that you can do for communication is listen right? Like that's the most important part. And instead we really focus on how do I talk better? How do I say this right? How do I get the right words? And if you, if both people in the conversation are focused on listening to understand the other person, that's communication. Most of us have conversations where we respond, right? Like you say something like, oh, I love fruit loops or something like that. And then I'm like, well, I really like cocoa puffs. (laughs) <laughs> and then yeah. it, you know, that's how most conversations yeah. go and we're not and it's like instead what I really teach people how to do is like just stick with somebody for a minute right like you like fruit loops really what do you like about them right how long have you liked them <clears throat> right and you just keep going on that and if I always tell people because our biggest fear is like well what if I do that and they don't pay attention to me like I don't get that in return I say first of all you got to do it. And then if they don't, now we're working with something else. Okay. You, you can't just assume that that's going to happen. So you don't do it. Right. Try it first. If that happens now, we have a new problem that we'll solve for. Okay. Second, if you both are focused on each other, you take care of each other just like that. Mm-hmm. So it's about being curious. It's not just taking what they say and then responding with your own. It's being more curious about what they have to say, why, where they're coming from. Yeah. I could see that curious and validating, right? Like everybody's perspective is valid, 
mm-hmm. all the time, right? Like that's your experience. I, it's very, very rare for me to listen to somebody talk and, it, you know, and if I stick with them and ask questions and understand what they're thinking, it's so rare for me to go, I don't know how you got there. Like, I don't know why you think like that or why you feel that way. It's almost always, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see you. I can see where you're at. I don't necessarily always agree or Mm -hmm. think maybe that's going to be the thing that's the most helpful for them or best, Mm -hmm. but I can always see why they're, why they're thinking and feeling like that. And then, and that's what I call relationship data. So like, if you guys are doing that, not, you know, if you're doing that in a relationship, really sticking with somebody, listening, validating, trying to understand them, being curious, like you said, um, and you start building this relationship data. You start understanding your partner on a whole different level. You're able to take that data and apply it to other situations Mm. where you understand, you know, like, oh, I know that Terry tends to feel this way about these types of things. Mm -hmm. So if this kind of situation starts to occur, I can pretty much you know, not, you're not going to like, be like, oh, I know exactly how you think and feel. You still want to leave room for curiosity, mm-hmm. but you can pretty much say like, you know, I know what this, what this type of situation is going to be like for her, because I've been there. I've been listening. Right. I've been understanding and paying attention. Right. Tell me, tell me what you meant when you said codependency is killing the modern marriage. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm fine. my Instagram is so funny because I just I'm so like just so <laughs> direct with it. Um, I think that I think that marriages were built on codependency in the past, and and what I mean by that is we had this idea of marriage as. Uh, you know, when two become one, I cannot live without you, you complete me, right? And so basically, what we're saying is that you're not a whole person anymore. Mm. You need somebody else in order to survive. And we had um, generations of people who, you know, through really no fault of their own, because this is all we knew at the time, they got a lot of their needs met through the relationship. Right, mm-hmm. in order yeah. to become a whole person. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then eventually people start going like, gosh, you, you really can't survive without me, can you? Like you, you rely on me for your self-esteem. You rely on me for your friendship network or this or that. Um, and that's not what modern marriage needs. That's mm-hmm. not what I see when I see people um, who they grew up in an environment where we were told things are equal. Mm-hmm. We, you know, now that I'm an adult, I realize like, ah, if that was that girl power sticker on my trapper <laughs> keeper might not have been extremely accurate, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, so we have different expectations. I want a whole individual who knows how to take care of themselves and is okay without me. And I want to be a whole individual and, um, and be able to meet all of my own needs. And we're looking for, in modern relationships, we're looking for relationships that enhance us, not fulfill us. Mm. Oh, I love that. So you brought up the word generation. So I'm going to go there with you. (laughs) So obviously, I'm a bit older. And I am of the generation that was very gender specific when it came to marriage, gender roles. I do this, 
he does this. And I'll say it. We have one of those. Me and my husband have one of those relationships. Um, just a quick backstory. When we met, um, it's not like I was a, like a house, uh, what do I want to call myself? A domestic engineer or anything. Like I always worked. I've always had jobs. I was actually working for a Fortune 500 company in a very high position, loved my job, loved working. Um, he has been with the same company's blue collar worker for 23 odd years, but he also owned a business on the side. So when I came into the picture, I'm still raising my youngest. He's still raising three boys. I kind of just stepped into this role of you've got your hands full and I'm going to help you kind of fill in all these gaps you've got going on here because your house is not clean enough and your laundry's not done and you, your eating habits are horrible. So I'm just going to come in here. And I don't think I thought it at the time, but you know, a lot of women would say, you know, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fix this whole situation. I don't think I thought I was going to fix him. Um, yeah. You but, were like, you looked at it and you were like, I can do this better. Let me show you. Yes, <laughs> That's true. But I also thought I can help, you know, I want to yeah, help. Yeah. And so we just not without ever having a conversation about it. We just sort of moved into these roles and, you know, I was, uh, after we um, started cohabitating, I was commuting a long distance every day, like three hours round trip. And his kids were still in the school close to his home where we lived. And, you know, it just became where I was doing all the commuting, working, doing all the chores. And we never, sorry, my door just slammed. Um, I, we never re, have renegotiated those terms. Well, now we're empty nesters. We've moved a couple of times since we got married and we're, we, we're just still sort of staying locked into these very traditional gender roles, but I feel like our lives have changed a lot and he no longer has the, the second business that he runs. Um, I'm working from home now. I feel like when he retires, there's going to be a moment where I'm going to go, wait a minute, how come I'm still doing all this? And now you're retired and that means you get to stop, but I'm a woman. So I just keep, the, I get to keep doing all the things I've always done. And, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not a problem now, but I, do you see this in like, do you see this playing out in your practice with couples where, you know, these roles just sort of like happened and then they never get renegotiated. And now all of a sudden you've got resentment on one person's part. And can you re renegotiate after 10, 15 years of marriage? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you said so much. I don't know. I'm not sure which one to go after. So let's see. Yes. Um, can you renegotiate 100%? And you should. That should be built into part of being a relationship. I think that's where things get really tricky and hard is when, when people say, no, no, you don't get to. Like, we have to stay exactly the way that we said that we would back when you know, our situation was different and that's just not fair. And it's not good for either of you because all you're looking, all that will end up happening is somebody is going to be resentful and angry and, mm -hmm. you know, um, so you shouldn't re renegotiate. In fact, you should do it frequently, right? Like mm -hmm. as you guys are transit have, you've already gone through transitions, mm -hmm. you have more transitions to go through. Um, it's going to be a constant renegotiation. Um, that's where really strong relationships happen. The, you know, when it comes to the gender roles, listen, I am not telling anyone that they cannot do it like that, right? If it works for you guys and you are happy, do it. 
Like mm-hmm. who cares? Or like, I don't care how anyone's relationship looks as long as they're happy and it works for them. Mm. Do it. It's when it's the problem happens when, when people are assigned roles and tasks based on their gender and they do not want them. Okay. This wasn't part of the deal, right? Okay. This wasn't what I thought I was signing up for. We were equals before and now all of a sudden I have to do all of this, you know, and there is no space for renegotiation. Yeah. There is no space for understanding and that that's when there's the problem. Yeah, I could see that totally. And, you know, I mean, I'll go back to what we both kind of said earlier. I can do all that stuff better anyway, so I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> And I have lots of people who, who will say like, I just have higher standards and like, I, I need to do it because I, you know, I, I want it to look like this. They're never going to do it like that. And yeah. so, you know, and then, you know, sometimes it's like, well, what can they take on so that you don't feel like you're the one who's doing it all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it has to feel like a partnership. Yeah. And my husband, I mean, honestly, I love cooking and I love having a clean house. I don't mind either one of those things. And he's so great about, you know, Hey, you've been cooking a lot lately. Let me just take you out for dinner. So I have no complaints about. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You're like, let me find the most expensive place. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. I usually give him a couple of days notice too. I'm like, Hey, you know what? Cinco de Mayo's on Thursday. I really would like a margarita. So (laughs) yes, there you go. Well, listen, our time went very fast together today. Let's make sure that people know where to find you. And if they're looking to work through their relationship issues, or like you said, um, on your website, I think it was your website, maybe it was social media, that sometimes it's not about um, working it out anymore. It's about how figuring how to end it peacefully. Is that the gist of it? Yeah. Let's tell them where to find you. Yeah, you can find me. Um, my website is CorinneTheCounselor.com. On social media, it's Corinne the Counselor on TikTok and Corinne Voller. So it's V-O-E-L-L-E-R um, on Instagram. That's where I post a lot. Uh, I have a men's emotional intelligence course coming out and yeah it's called tentatively called why the heck is my wife so mad at me um (laughs) so that's gonna be releasing soon and that's again really just teaching those fundamentals that I feel like aren't really taught in our society and that's what leaves men so far behind which is unfortunate for both both people right it's with people um and so that is going to be releasing pretty soon Uh, But yeah, so that's where you can find me and make sure you reach out. I do read comments and DMs and all of that. And I do like to hear what people tell me to focus on, like, oh, you know, talk about this thing. That's where I get a lot of my ideas from. So oh, that's awesome. I love that. Corinne, I hope you will agree to come back at some point in the future. I feel like we could have talked for at least another hour. I'd love to have you come back. Maybe I would love can, that. Yeah, thank you. Maybe we can get some people to send in some questions that they'd want you to answer on the podcast. Oh, That'd yeah. be kind of fun. That would be super fun. Yeah, if they want to send in some questions for you or say like, yeah, that's all well and good. But what about this topic? Like yeah. that could be really fun for us. This was easy to talk to you. Yeah. Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You too. Take care.